Shalom, dearest brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to this week's episode of Midweek with the Saints. I would like to ask all of you to click on the like, subscribe, follow button so that you will be notified whenever I upload a new video. And please do drop a comment in the comment section, be it on YouTube or Instagram TV, wherever you're watching right now. I'd like to ask all of you to share the links of this podcast with all those that you believe can benefit from it. So your family, your friends, Catholics, non-Catholics, Christians, non-Christians, share it away so that more people can come to know of the lives of the saints that ultimately point us to the life of Jesus Christ. Today, we take a look at the life of Saint Alfonza. Saint Alfonza of India was previously simply known as Sister Alfonza of the Immaculate Conception. When I chose to speak about this saint, I had no idea that her title when she was a nun was Sister Alfonza of the Immaculate Conception. And guess what? Yesterday was just the feast of the Immaculate Conception. And today we are taking a look at the life of Sister Alfonza of the Immaculate Conception. So before St. Alfonso of India, it was Sister Alfonso of the Immaculate Conception. And way before that, it was just Anna. She was born and given the name Anna by her two parents who were named Joseph and Mary. What are the odds? Joseph and Mary. Soon, another Joseph and Mary will be giving birth to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But back to the saint at hand. Alfonso, rather Anna at that point of time. Anna's mother passed away when she was only a few months old. And that was truly sad. This meant that she ultimately had to live with her uncle and auntie who raised her up. And Alfonso or Anna learned a lot of the Catholic faith from her grandfather and grandmother. They taught her a lot of Catholic prayers and devotionals. And by the age of five, it is said that she used to lead her family in prayer. Anna faced a lot of hardships being brought up by her auntie and uncle. While they were disciplinarians, while they were strict, and while they did impart the faith to her and they were good role models for the faith, they were at times pretty strict with her, unsympathetic. And this was a downside for Anna because she went through a lot of hardships and diseases when she was growing up. And um, this meant that she had no sympathy, especially from her auntie. And her auntie was always <laughs> scolding her and nagging her as soon as she came back from school or wherever she had been out to. When Anna reached the marriageable age, when she reached her adolescence, her parents wanted, or rather her guardians, her foster parents, just wanted to marry her off. And this was probably something that Anna was okay with because this would mean that she gets to be married off to a man, a wealthy man, because the family that Anna came from was well-known, which meant that they could arrange a marriage for her with a wealthy man. On the plus side, she was also good-looking, so many men were after her. And she was probably okay with this idea of getting married. However, she had this vision of St. Therese of Lisieux, who came to her. And following this vision, she was so inspired to follow the life of St. Therese of Lisieux, to become a nun and to dedicate her whole life to Jesus. When this vision came about, her whole direction changed and she just wanted to give her whole life to Jesus. She did not want to get married. And she tried to plead with her uncle and auntie to not force her to get married. While her uncle gave in, her auntie just wanted her to get married. And in order to deter her parents, foster parents at that point of time, from forcing her to get married, she decided to do something that is pretty mind-blowing. 
she decided to burn her feet in chaff. Now, when she approached the fireplace and she was thinking of just burning one foot so that she will be deemed ineligible for marriage because she wouldn't be able to march down the aisle, she was contemplating just before that fireplace. And as she was contemplating, she accidentally slipped and fell. And therefore, both her legs got burnt pretty badly. She was ultimately admitted in hospital and brought for Ayurvedic treatment, a form of treatment that is famous in India till this very day. Ultimately, she was deemed ineligible for marriage and her uncle and auntie ultimately had to consent with her entering into religious life. St. Alfonso said, A day without suffering is a day wasted. For a person who went through suffering from a very young age, having lost her mother when she was just a mere few months old, having lost even that relationship with her father, her own biological father, because she had to live with her uncle and auntie, and the whole string of diseases that she contracted from a young age. And on top of that, she was still willing to burn her feet in chaps just so that she can avoid getting married to any man and commit to her marriage to the man, Jesus Christ. Her whole life was this theme of suffering. And Anna was, Alfonso, St. Alfonso was beatified by Pope St. John Paul II and canonized by Pope Benedict XVI. And both of these people, both of these popes, were so engrossed with Anna's sense of perseverance in suffering and redemptive suffering. So how is Jesus asking us to die to ourselves? And how is Jesus asking us to suffer for him daily? So that we do not waste any day. Just as St. Alfonso said, a day without suffering is a day wasted. I think that one of the ways that Jesus is asking us to be willing to suffer is to start studying the faith, apologetics, the scriptures, and the catechism. Friends, studying the faith and studying scripture, studying anything in particular, in general, sorry, studying anything in general is a tough thing. <laughs> it requires exercising your muscles. It requires developing your muscles in the brain. You know, if you go out and work out physically, you're going to develop your muscles. But in the process, you have to suffer. You have to endure the pain. Endure more pain each and every day. The same applies for our intellectual muscles. The intellectual muscles is a gift from God. And for most of us Catholics, it is either underdeveloped or undeveloped. Most likely underdeveloped. We have neglected this aspect of our faith, this gift from God, this faculty of our soul, the intellect, to be able to logically reason why we believe what we believe. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there is this misconception out there that leads to anti-intellectualism in the faith. That the more we know of the faith, the less we love Jesus. But that makes no sense. The more you study scripture, the more you study the catechism, the more you study apologetics, that is the defense of the faith, the more reasons you have to fall in love with Jesus, to fall in love more and more with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To what end do we need to study all of this? Primarily, we need to study more so that we can love Jesus more. And drawing from that, we need to study more so that we can convince others, especially non-Catholics and Christians, even fallen away Catholics, even atheists, free thinkers, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that the fullness of truth is found in the Catholic Church, 
and the surest way of salvation is found only in the Catholic Church. If you and I really love Jesus, we will want to equip ourselves to minister to others, to evangelize the good news of Jesus to others, to bring Jesus to others, and to bring others to Jesus. I'd like to share a quick testimony with all of you. I was at this restaurant speaking to a friend of mine, and he was at this point of time going through a lot. He came from a Christian family. His father is a pastor who travels across the world, but his father was barely ever at home. My friend had just gone through a breakup with his girlfriend, and he was going through a lot of hurts and hardships in his life. His academics started to go downhill. And he was just expressing a lot of anger, confusion, frustration, even anger towards God. But Holy Spirit in my heart told me that it is not time for me to refute him right now, but just listen to him. And so I just listened to him. We got in the car right after we were done with lunch and I sent him back to his house. As we were reaching back, this friend of mine asked me a question. You know, Paul, if God is really real and God is really love, why would he send people to hell? Why would he send people to hell? To eternal suffering and damnation. Why would he do that? And I told him, and praise be to God, just a day before this encounter, I had studied a little bit of eschatology. And the first thing that I learned from Tim Staples was that when we die, we go straight to God. And at the judgment seat, we face God. And one of two things happens. Tim Staples was citing C.S. Lewis who said this, it's either we say to God, thy will be done, or God says to us, thy will be done. And if we say to God, thy will be done, God welcomes us to his heavenly light. And if God says to us, thy will be done, we will realize then then that we live the whole life concentrating on ourselves, getting my will done. We live the whole life focused on me, myself, and I. It's always about what I know best, what I want to do, not what Jesus wants me to do. It's my will be done, not thy will be done. And this is not something that happens out of uh, speed. Like a judgment said, I got to say it first, thy will be done so I can enter heaven. What happens is it naturally comes about. If we live a life orienting our gaze towards God, we will automatically say, thy will be done and enter into heaven. If we live a life away from God, constantly in the absence of God, ignoring God, we will realize then then the guilt in our hearts that all our lives we've been ignoring the one who is so loving and so glorious and we would turn away into that eternal absence of hell. So I told my friend this, this facts of what happens, this eschatological facts, that ultimately God does not send us to hell because he hates us or condemns us. But it's we who send ourselves to hell. It is we who choose the path that leads to hell. It is we, you and I, it's us who ultimately say, my will be done. And God respects that free will decision and says to us, for example, Paul, since you lived a life always saying to yourself, my will be done, now I say unto you, thy will be done. And we turn away into that eternal absence of hell. When I told my friend this, my friend who is one of the most macho guys, he used to go bodybuilding, used to play a lot of sports, a lot of girls were after him. He never shed a tear. But in that moment, he started to break down and he realized and he said, all this while, the sufferings that I face in my life and the despair that comes with the sufferings, 
are because I have had so much of selfishness in me that I pushed Jesus, my first love, away from me in my entire life for the last few years. The entire span for the last few years. He realized that he had so much of despair in his heart, which is like a foretaste of hell because he pushed Jesus away, his first love. And he cried for a good five minutes. I was shocked at that moment. It was a moment of grace, a moment of encounter with Jesus for him. I was just an instrument to bring him to Jesus. And all those days of suffering to study or suffering to develop my intellectual muscles so that I can argue with reason why we believe what we believe paid off that moment. And it was just a starting point of many other encounters with others. I just follow in the footsteps of St. Alfonso and suffer daily for Jesus, suffer for the salvation of souls. St. Alfonso, we ask for your intercessions. Let us just end the time of prayer. St. Alfonso, you lived a life worthy of God's calling. You are the patroness of all missionaries in Asia. As we go about evangelizing to others, preaching to others, help us to go back to the basics of the Catholic faith, of prayer and suffering, prayer and study, that we may spend as much time or even more time than you did during your lifetime in prayer, that we may spend as much time in redemptive suffering, that we may spend as much time in studying the faith as you did, that we may evangelize to others effectively, we may be effective missionaries to bring others back to Jesus and Alfonso. And as you are the little flower of Asia, intercede for all of us in Asia and beyond Asia to have childlike faith and openness to God, that in whatever He asks of us, we may respond with prompt obedience. Come Holy Spirit and enkindle in our hearts the fire of your love so that we may give our whole lives to Jesus just as St. Alfonso gave her whole life to Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.